Welcome to Eastern Carolina Farming. Hello, farmers and friends. I'm Dan Miller. On today's program, we'll talk with Jeremy Flowers of Flowers Timber Company in Seven Springs out in Wayne County. Their operation was bestowed the title of North Carolina Exporter of the Year recently by the North Carolina Department of Agriculture at the 17th Annual Ag Development Forum. They did $15 million in exports and timber to mostly Asian countries. Sounds like it'll be an interesting story. We'll start down that road in a piece, but we'll first get the headlines by bringing in Jeff Turner, COO of Murphy Family Ventures. But that's after we credit our sponsors. Eastern Carolina Farming is brought to you by Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Good Monday, Jeff Turner. Hey, good Monday to you, Dan. I hope you had a good weekend. Last last week we had the North Carolina Pork Council annual meeting that I attended, so we had a busy week last week. And you sent me a link about the 2023 World Pork Expo in Des Moines, Iowa, which is coming up in the beginning part of June, the 35th anniversary of that event, which highlights the $57 billion and 610,000 jobs that combined to be part of the U.S. economy, 66,000 pork producers nationwide. I wondered, did you send me the link because you think I was going to get Henry to fund an EC farming trip? Well, that's kind of what I had in mind. <laughs> I, I went ahead and made reservations. I, I assume he's going to follow through. I assume that's why his Amex card got <laughs> ripped off last week and he closed it down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's some state headlines to talk about. Joint House and Senate Appropriations Committee met for the first time this season. They received a general funds budget review and a revenue forecast for from the state analysts. Good news, there's a $3.25 billion surplus. Next year's forecast to be a little bit lower. Economic slowdown and tax cuts already in place are noted. So that's good news, and they funded the rainy day fund. Yeah, it is good news, and they are inclined to cut taxes, and I think that's a wonderful thing. At, at the same time, though, I... Looking at some of the jobs and the job openings across the state for state employees, they're having a hard time both recruiting and retaining qualified folks to go in those positions. And, and so I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to address that. I know agriculture has a, a real problem. The department has lost some key folks, and it's all about the money. If anybody ever tells you it's not about the money, they're lying. It's always about the money. Somebody was talking about uh, what someone was offering for a position at ECU, and they said, wow, that's outrageous. But the reality is, is it's not we're comparing it against jobs, against Eastern North Carolina jobs. We're comparing it to the national pool of available talent. It's a problem everywhere you go. And I, I was in a session last week listening to one of the administrative uh, secretaries. I'll just leave it at that. This person complained about 40% inflation and you know, all, all the things that uh, we talk about on yeah. on this program. And it was kind of refreshing that someone on the other side of this thought process kind of understands what the problems are. Until a firm decision is made regarding funding levels for the new U.S. Farmville, wheels are spinning in Washington. It could take months to figure out how much money is going to be available. Meanwhile, farm state lawmakers are ramping up their legislative requests, as are various organizations, but... Till we know how much money there is to spend, there's not going to be anything started on an ag bill with substance. There's no doubt that there's a lot of decisions that have to be made before they can even get into that process. And again, with uh, the debt ceiling looming and all the things that are out there, yeah. unfortunately, um, our president says he's not up for negotiation. You just simply raise the debt limit. And that is not the answer. I hope it's positioning, but I don't know. 
Retail fertilizer prices continue their lower trend. That's good news. All eight major fertilizer prices once again down compared to last month. Five of the eight fertilizers had a substantial price decline. Both potash and urea, 6% less expensive than just last month. Potash had an average of 6.73 a ton. Urea was 6.66 a ton. What was it in the 80s, Jeff? I sold potash back in the 80s. I think delivered in was 120 bucks a ton delivered. Unfortunate for some of our worldwide farming compatriots, but uh, the weather in South America has uh, really put a pinch on what they think they're going to get out of their harvest, and it means higher prices are going to continue on, we believe, for commodities. Can you believe it's been a year, by the way, since uh, Russia invaded the Ukraine? It's uh, been a very short year for me. Yeah. I don't know how, what about you, I Dan? Think, I, mean, I think all of us uh, once heard uh, a scientist say that the the length of time we perceive is proportionate to the length of time we've been on the earth. So the older you get, the faster a day goes. And every time I turn around, I'm brushing my teeth. Now, I didn't realize that was scientific, but uh, you make a good point. <laughs> Hey, the price of shipping goods on vital global trade routes has fallen 85% below its peak due to the cost of living increases, impact on consumer spending, and pandemic supply issues are finally starting to ease. Month ending last week, it cost $1,444 to ship a standard 40-foot steel shipping container from eastern China to the U.S. West Coast, according to the Financial Times. That's down from nearly $10,000 a year ago at this time. Widespread delays at ports have also dissipated. Inflation, curb demand, and the, the opportunity to spend money at restaurants, bars, and on travel is seen as much of the issue. It's embedded in the current inflation numbers. I mean, we're still having to absorb all of those high costs that occurred a year ago or perhaps even as much as two years ago. The, the answer to inflation is not getting the unemployment rate higher. In Jeff's estimation, I know that's not what the Fed says, but, <laughs> but in Jeff's estimation, the key is lower commodity prices with regard to oil and this transportation problem that's being resolved. That will cause the inflation number to go lower. And I think it's ahead of us. I, I really do. I, a lot of this is getting sorted out, and it's not putting people out of work, That, in, at least in Jeff Turner's estimation, taking someone's job away from them certainly does not cool inflation. That's just heartache, and that's wrong. If I could easily go back and pull some audio from uh, 18 months ago, I, I would pull easily a line that you said, this is not transient inflation. This is going to be tough to get over. Yep. The 40-year high in inflation rate and, and all those things were brought upon us because of the pandemic and policy, just poor policy coming out of this current White House. Coming up in just a second, we're going to talk with North Carolina's export winner, according to Commissioner Troxler, Flowers Timber Company. That's just ahead. We'll talk to Jeremy Flowers on Eastern Carolina Farming. This is Eastern Carolina Farming on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Thanks in part to Ag Carolina Farm Credit, financing rural North Carolina for generations. Lending solutions for farms, land, and homes personalized for you. Ag Carolina Farm Credit. Giving you room to grow. In awarding Flowers Timber the North Carolina Exporter of the Year Award, Agriculture Commissioner Troxler said Flowers Timber Company actively participates with the department's international marketing programs and works hard to expand the export opportunities. In 2022, the company experienced $15 million in exports. Annually, the company averages 10 to $12 million in exports. 
And on with us is Jeremy Flowers of Flowers Timber Company, a second-generation forestry supplier. And that is right, second generation. Right, Jeremy? So my father started Flowers Timber in 1976. During that time, he was purchasing standing timber and using uh, contract logging crews to cut it and deliver it to local domestic markets. What got him into the timber business? He was doing real estate, and he had a friend that was doing logging. One thing led to another. They started doing some timber work, and then my father liked doing the timber better than he did the real estate. You're not a, uh, a softwood operation, right? It's actually, we're a softwood and a hardwood operation. We got a big log yard here and a sawmill facility, and we cut actually softwood and hardwood for specialty uh, markets all over the world and uh, a lot of domestic industrial markets. Your export markets, there's China. It looks like it's a lot of Asian markets. We ship a lot to China, Vietnam. I would say the China and the Vietnam stuff is uh, red oak, white oak, hickory, walnut, tupelo gum, let's see, sassafras. And I should, we ship some southern yellow pine and, and a lot of eastern red cedar. And then we're actually shipping a pretty good amount now to Italy. So I'm shipping real good walnut and yellow poplar in Italy. Pretty active in India and as well as Pakistan. We've done a bunch of stuff on a, on a continual basis there. But, you know, just like everything else, a whole lot of stuff goes to China. I'm, I don't say uh, probably China 60%. At this point, tell us kind of how the flow of this all works, right? So, my assumption is is that you're known in the area for wanting various hardwoods. You bring in the mm-hmm. you bring in the log form, you mill it mm-hmm. off into whatever most saleable sizes are, and then do you you cure it outside, then pack it in shipping containers? How does it work? So, I would say the way things have been going the past few years is. We bring in all of the logs, and the very best logs, they get sold in a round form. And then the medium to lower grade things, we will actually do sawing to increase the value. And some of that sawing is for a green industrial market, and some of that market is for a dried market where we will cut the lumber and then send it to a dry kiln facility to be dried. And once it's dried, it's graded again to make it export prep. Is there a percentage of what you do that you actually do on a domestic basis or in North Carolina basis, or are you mostly? Yeah, yeah. You know, my, my trade figures that I had posted with the award was basically what we had done in North Carolina. I'm actually running a satellite yard in Belton, Missouri, south of Kansas City, and I'm also loading a lot of containers in Arkansas, Kansas, and Tennessee. I don't say 80% of my sales revenue is export. I would, and I would say the other 20%, probably 10% is in North Carolina and 10% is in West Virginia and Virginia. And so how do you get from your facility to the port and out? Are you packing shipping containers? So normally in North Carolina, if we're doing um, Asian service as far as export, we do it out of Wilmington. Unfortunately, Wilmington does not offer good Middle Eastern or European service. So We are having to truck the containers for Europe and the Middle East back and forth from Norfolk, Virginia, to do the export. Matter of fact, I'm out here looking now. We're loading uh, some rail containers now for U.S. military white oak ship blocks that are going to the West Coast and then 
from what I understand, the rail container is going to be unloaded and reloaded, and the ocean container is going to bring them to Hawaii for some. I don't know if they're repairing a ship or a submarine or they're building a new one, but the military spec is they have to have wide up shipping blocks under them, and that's what we're loading here today. We'll be back with Jeremy Flowers on Eastern Carolina Farming in just a moment. This is Eastern Carolina Farming and Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Jeff Turner and I are talking with Jeremy Flowers of Flowers Timber Company. And at the beginning of the program, Jeremy, Jeff and I were chatting about the fact that shipping container rates to Asia have come down. They're like 15% of what they were a year ago. That's got to be good for you. That's actually made the business this possible that wasn't possible. Yeah, container rates have went down, but global demand has went down. And now, I mean, we're staying busy, but now is a slow time for most. Let's take your whole logs, for instance. I guess, are those used for veneers and that sort of thing? Once they get them there, they mill them down and make veneers? The best quality walnut logs we ship are going to Europe. And they make them into what they call bulls, and they cut them, they slice the log up, and then they put the log back together on sticks, and they get that log kiln dried. The the way that they sell them there is they sell those bulls to um, engineers and contractors and architectural millwork people, and, and, and they will sell that one log because all the lumber from it, the color will match. So it's for high-end furniture and, and millwork in somebody's house. But then when you go to the lower end of the walnut logs, the knotty, crooked logs, we ship those to China to manufacturers that do what they call finger joint boards. They cut these low-grade logs into lumber. They dry the lumber, and then once it's dried, they run it through a machine, and they chop all the defects out of it, and they make a bunch of little small pieces of lumber that they end up tongue and groove and finger joint and glue all back together in a 4 by 8 panel that's perfectly clear with no defects in it but it's made out of 150 pieces I, I, about that? I am blown away uh, mr J- jeff did you have any idea i mean he's just around the block from pink hill north carolina and he's an international exporter that's that's really amazing you know i think oftentimes in agriculture or civil culture is often not characterized properly it's a huge huge industry in our state it's a huge part of agriculture we, we talk a lot on this program about farmers, grandfathers, fathers, and, and then transitioning the business over to the son. Did you just take to this? And does the travel wear you out, man? Yes, the travel wears me out. At 42 years old, I'm hoping one day that I can get where I've got some folks that I can turn some of this over to. I like getting out in the cold in the wintertime, scaling logs and grading lumber wow. and doing packing slips for trucks. Something I like to do. I, I work six days a week i've developed this business from nothing from being broke went broke twice uh, i was able to maintain my credit thank the lord but it's been a long hard road i've that's a farmer's story I, jeremy it is it is a farmer's <laughs> that's story, a farmer's story. Just, all yeah, of I mean, us been broke three or four times if we've been in it very long <laughs> yes i mean it's, it's it's amazing the ups and downs and and one thing i've learned is that when you are on the bottom, the only way is up. You know, whenever things seem the most bleak for a company, that's when you have the most opportunity, and a lot of people are just caught up in what they lost. The the last time I had some problems, um, I would say the best feeling I've ever had in my life is when, when when you've had problems with your business and 
then you start coming back and you start making it back. And that's that. In my opinion, that's that. There's nothing that feels any better than that. My dad always had a saying: it, it always look up, even if you're on your back and you can't do anything at all. Always look up. There's going to be another day tomorrow. You know, you can't make relationships unless you can shake a hand and put eyeball on eyeball, really. But have you been able to uh, reduce a little of your travel, given the Zoom, FaceTime world? Unfortunately, normally when I travel, I'm just doing quality control and purchasing. And I hadn't been able to find a way to do that through a Zoom call. What my ultimate goal is, is to hire some people to have in Missouri that work for me full-time. I'd love to have one in Arkansas, and I need I need somebody in western North Carolina that works uh, East Tennessee and Southwest Virginia and Southern West Virginia and Ohio. Two or three years I'll be there. Yeah, but uh, anybody listening who's got, uh, like, uh, somebody in those areas ready to retire wants a part-time job, that's the guy you're looking for right there, or lady. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I- anybody, I- anybody that, that would... Uh, part-time job will be great. Have you been able to take advantage of some of the NCDA international marketing team's help? Absolutely. So Michelle Wang is a very good friend of mine, and they have brought buyers to see me, I think, three different times, three different trade delegations coming from overseas over here. And then I went with her to France to a wood show last June. That was very helpful. And then I went with them to a wood show in Vietnam in October. We just did a, a a trade mission into Mexico where we went to Guadalajara and Monterey, Mexico, week before last. So I'm I'm very in touch with them and very. Um, and as a matter of fact, Michelle's going to uh, the end of this month going to Guangzhou, China, to a furniture show down there. And I've got one of my employees that works for us full time that lives not far from that area that's going to meet her there, and they're going to do some networking and help us do some sales. Won't be long before you'll be cruising the road crops with your fully autonomous tractor. You're going to need something to read. It's a good time to browse the pages of the Farmer's Connection magazine. Farmer's Connection is a color print magazine with listing of new and used equipment at local dealers. Like Premier Equipment Company, Aiden, Beaufort, Enfield, and Rocky Mountain, Caps Trailers in Kinston, Benchmark Buildings and Irrigation in Murfreesboro, Kenansville, and Pembroke. Or check out auction schedules like Jason Acox Auctions. Grab a copy of the March Farmer's Connection when you stop by almost any independent farm equipment dealer in North and South Carolina and Southern Virginia. Taking a look at market conditions, May corn futures for the week lost 9.5 cents. Corn future bulls late in the week were able to stabilize prices after recent downdrafts that pushed the market to a six-month low on Wednesday. May soybeans accomplished a three-day trek to the upside, ending off just a half cent for the week after experiencing a hard sell-off to start the week. May cotton ended down 84.17 cents, but fell 73 points on the week. Cotton futures ended the week mostly sideways after making brief attempts above 86 cents early in the week. April cattle ended the week at 165.42 and a half. That marked a five cent weekly rise. The bull market in cattle and feeders likely to continue next week since market ready supplies are extremely tight and demand remains robust. April lean hog futures fell 147.5. The lean hog future bears had a better week than last week. 
Closer to home, North Carolina egg prices were higher on all sizes when compared to the prior week. Weighted average price quoted Thursday, March the 2nd, for small lots of delivered carton grade A eggs. 30285 for extra large, 28840 for large, 27145 for medium, and 187 for small eggs. Number two yellow shell corn was 26 to 31 cents lower when compared to the prior week. Prices range mostly 694 to 740 at the feed mills, 680 to 734 and a quarter at the elevators through Thursday, March the 2nd. Number one yellow soybeans were 18 to 43 cents lower, range 1539 and a quarter to 1594 and a quarter at the processors, mostly 1479 to 1534 at the elevators. Number two red winter wheat was 45 to 50 cents lower, range 616 to 695 at the elevators. Soybean meal FOB at processing plants range 545.10 to 557.10 per ton for 46.5 to 48% protein. New crop prices quarter for harvest delivery. Corn range 580 to 680 and three quarters. Soybeans were 1327 to 1384 and wheat was 593 to 729. And that's this week's Eastern Carolina Farming. If you miss a show, play the podcast on demand at ecfarming.com. There you'll also find links to our sponsors, Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Eastern Carolina Farming is a production of Interbanks Media. Support the show, call Hank Hinton at 252-355-1037. For Jeff Turner, myself, Dan Miller, have a great week.